Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome into AT&T Stadium, ladies and gentlemen, for the site of Missouri 14, Ohio State 3. One of the most disappointing offensive performances in the last decade for Ohio State, certainly in the Ryan Day era. The fewest points scored by Ohio State since a 31-0 loss to Clemson in the college football playoff all the way back in 2016. Just a brutal night for the program. That's 40-year vets in May. That's Andy Backstrom. I am Spencer Holbrook. Thanks for watching. The rapid reaction from Missouri 14, Ohio State 3. Tim, kick us off. What'd you think? Where do you start? Bottom line is uh, Missouri was coming after the Ohio State quarterback, no matter who it was, all night long, and the Ohio State offensive line couldn't consistently do anything about it. Number two, a supreme, a supreme defensive effort for the first two and a half, almost three quarters, was wasted here tonight. Uh, the worst case scenario for Ohio State was to go into this game, have a first year starting quarterback, lose him early in the game, pretty early in the game, and then have to go with a freshman who just showed up in school in what, June of last year, of this of this year. Uh, Lincoln Tinos gave it his best shot, but under the pressure, under the situation, going in at the five yard line, his first possession, are you crazy? Uh, it was not in the cards tonight, ladies and gentlemen, and uh, there's really no excuses, but I want to tell you something. I missed, <clears throat> I missed this one big time. Yeah, I think we all did. And, I, you know, with the offensive line, it stands out. They make the switch, right? So at center, it's no longer Carson Hinsman, who started all 12 games as a redshirt freshman. They moved to Matt Jones. And that was asked about in the postgame press conference. And the answer seems to be, well, Carson Hinsman was struggling a bit in practice the last couple of weeks. That was pretty much the extent of the answer that we got from Ryan Day afterwards. Yeah, scuttlebutt going around, there might have been a disciplinary problem there with him because yeah, of well, some circumstances, but until that's verified. I mean, yeah, that's all we have to go over right now. A lot of things right don't now. make sense about it right now, though. Exactly, because why make the change at this point? You know, if anything, why wouldn't you make the change before the Michigan game if you really did want to make a change on the offensive line or at any other point in the season where there were clear struggles on the offensive line? Bottom line is that Carson Hinsman did not play tonight. He was suited up. He was taking reps of the second team before the game. There's Matt Jones in at center, who can play center. He's played there before in his career. And then we saw Enoch Mimahi come in at right guard to play where Matt Jones usually plays. But it did not work, not work one bit. And I think they could not run the football effectively, which threw off the balance of this offense, which gave Lincoln Keenholz pretty much no shot in this game. And I think that's a tough thing for him. You know, he's trying to make his debut, and now everyone's watching Lincoln Keenholz. And I don't think that's a fair evaluation for him. And I don't think we still have a fair oh, evaluation no. of Devin Brown. We still don't know no. who he is as a quarterback because he was hobbled before the end of the first quarter. Uh, as you okay. can imagine, I talked to uh, Devin short, briefly as he left, and he was obviously very bummed out by the way this thing all developed. And as you pointed out in your tweets and others, this was the other ankle that suffered the high ankle sprain. Are you kidding me? You know, I'll just leave it with the, are you kidding me? My first thoughts are that there need to be significant staff changes for Ohio State after this game. Um, Where? In what level? The special teams were horrendous tonight. There were four special teams penalties. Jaden Ballard caught two punts inside the five yard line. Unacceptable. You learn that stuff in middle school football. Um, there were a, there was a 
uh, holding penalty on a fair catch. How does that happen? There was a delay of game on a punt. It was actually pushing the back. Yeah, there was yeah, a delay of a delay of game yet again on a punt. Um, the Ohio State missed a field goal, which those things happen, but it still goes chalks up to the special teams. Even when Devin Brown was healthy, he looked nervous, he looked jittery. I think that's preparedness and coaching. Lincoln Keenholz did not look prepared to play in a game whatsoever, and I, I feel horrible for him, his first action, but he just did not look prepared. And Ryan Day said that he didn't get a lot of reps. Well, he's the third-string quarterback, obviously, because Tristan Jevia was in no position to go in the game. So he, didn't, he wasn't prepared as the backup quarterback in this game. That's coaching. And so don't yell at me that's but that's the thing like <laughs> the special teams were terrible and the quarterbacks didn't look prepared and so i think that's where you start and I, here's the thing you talk about uh, lincoln tinos both quarterbacks had a man in their face i mean devin brown suffers that yes. injury comes back out there and they give up a free rusher off the edge missouri is known for exactly what they did tonight from a defensive standpoint of uh, sometimes delayed blitz going zero cover, you know, zero backside and just coming out at them. And uh, these quarterbacks, in my opinion, never had a chance tonight no. to show what they're about. This is more on the offensive line play or the pass pro play than it is, in my opinion, the quarterbacks. That's my opinion. I thought it was an offensive top to bottom failure. And Disaster. Because, because the quarterbacks weren't prepared, uh, the running games was stunted because Missouri could just pressure the running game. Because the offensive line was terrible, it, compared to what we thought it was going to be after the last half of the season, the running game couldn't get going. Lincoln Keenholz didn't have time to throw. Because Lincoln Keenholz was unprepared, um, the wide receivers weren't getting the football when you thought that this would be a coming out party. The play calling was interesting, to say the least. You had, even when Devin Brown was healthy, we saw Wildcat that we've never seen before in a game. We saw Emeka a, a, a Ibuka attempt to pass. Like, I, I just thought offensively, Andy, this was a, this was a disaster. I mean, yeah, there's no other way to spin it. it. It was pretty bad. And I think when you're looking at the offensive line standpoint, it's a major regression. Right? I think there was positivity yes. with this group. As you know, get to the mid-season uh, mid point, you know, the running game really started to take a turn at Purdue. Then they get Travion Henderson back. Then you get, you know, a little bit excited about what this group can do. And then at Michigan, it wasn't good enough, but there was still that drive where they ran eight straight times, had a touchdown, you get life from this running game. There was no life in the running game tonight. Their best plays in the running game were when they had Tegra Shibola in, Caden McDonald in, in a jumbo package, and a Bison extension, I guess. And yes, they had a couple chunk runs. That's partly just because Travion Henderson is Travion Henderson, and he makes things happen. But I think there's a major concern right now where you go, not only a quarterback, but offensive line. I mean, do you go to the portal again? Uh, you just chalk this up as a bad performance? I don't know, but it's hard to just chalk this up as a bad performance because this was a mighty bad performance. Missouri's number 13, number 14, number 15 had a hell of a night tonight. You know, in whatever ways they were being used there by Missouri. Missouri came after Ohio State. It was obvious from the get-go Ohio State had problems with it and they stayed with it. That was Missouri's shot in this game was to just come after a brand new starting quarterback and a rebuilt whatever you want to call it, offensive line, which clearly didn't pick up things that you would seem after a while they would have even noticed you know, in, the, uh, in, in their sleep. And, I, and I'm being simplistic about it. The bottom line is these quarterbacks never had a chance to get going. I had no problem with the Wildcat. I think the Wildcat was a good mix, especially knowing that uh, Missouri is going to be coming after them in some form or fashion, catching them on the flip-flop, things like that. Uh, it worked a couple of times, but the bottom line is, if, if Ohio State fans 
we're really disappointed tonight. He should be in the ability to not keep guys off of the Ohio State quarterbacks. Lincoln Keynotes never really had when he had when he dropped back a few times and had a chance to throw the ball. I thought he looked good. Yeah, and I thought he looked really good a few times. But you know, the last play that mattered really was a summation of it all. Guy comes off the edge, hits him as he's throwing. It's ruled a fumble. Game over. Absolutely. And another defensive performance squandered in a big oh, game. Oh, yeah. Big time defense. Because Ohio State did everything it could defensively. Jack Sawyer tied the Ohio State bowl record with three sacks. Um, JT Twinmolo on the other side was pressuring as well. I thought Tyleek Williams, Mike Hall, and especially Ty Hamilton played a really good game. Um, you had in the back end. I thought Denzel Burke played well. He got beat deep, but that wasn't really his responsibility. He was just trailing because that's all he could do. Um, I thought Jordan Hancock played well. You had some good good stuff from Steel Chambers. I thought Cody Simon played well. Overall, this defense looked really good, and it just didn't matter because Ohio State scored three points, Andy. Missouri needed just oh. one play to break it open, and they got it. Yep. Yeah, I mean, for the majority of this game, Missouri's best offense was Brady Cook scrambling for yep. 10, 15 yards, and he had to do so because the back end was playing so well that there was nowhere to go with the football. And so that's why, you know, they were relying on his legs. Eventually he does get that throw downfield, which really sprung that offense open. And Cody Schrader also had a great game, over 100 yards again. What a great season for him. Fourth quarter. His was, fourth quarter was supreme. Yeah, the Missouri three stars, right? It's Brady Cook, Cody Schrader, and Luther Burden has the game-sealing touchdown that puts him up 14-3. to three and. That really just solidified what that group has done all season. Ohio State was missing its biggest star, Marvin Harrison Jr., who opted out, did not play in this game. You could tell that that probably you know, hurt his heart, yeah. wanting to play for this team one more time, but probably was the right call to not do that. But that's one of their cornerstones. Missouri had all of its cornerstones, and I think that was kind of the difference tonight. We just didn't see. I mean, Kyle McCord was the quarterback of this offense all season. It was Kyle McCord, it was Marvin Harrison Jr., it was Trayvon Henderson on offense, and you just didn't have that trifecta. It was just a all-around, I thought, bad performance. Cluster. But, yeah, I mean, you can't say the back half of that word because we're monetized. But, yeah, cluster. Um, Jack Sawyer didn't seem to care to talk about his NFL draft decision. But he also didn't seem to give a single you-know-what about the Ohio State's bowl sack record because it came, in, it came in a loss. And for Jack Sawyer... You know, he thought it was BS that people thought this game didn't matter. This game meant everything to Jack Sawyer, and it showed. If there was one person who left everything out there was Jack Sawyer. I thought Emeka Ibuka played well, considering. But now, like... I thought JT Tumola, Tumola yeah. played well. I thought Mike Hall played extremely well. Oh, I thought yeah. Ty Hamilton was big time. I thought their defensive front four, and I, I told about three of them. I mean, I talked to JT and, uh, and Jack Sawyer as they were leaving here tonight, but I just thought they, that was a pretty supreme effort for at least... Yeah, you know, three quarters. Let's put it that way. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I don't think they have anything to hang their head about. But this offensive line thing was always going to, was a mystery going into the year, and now it's a big mystery leaving the year. Carson Henson was on the sideline. He was listening in as they were talking about things, you know, in between series, uh, and why there has to have been some type of disciplinary action or something involved there that they wouldn't have made a switch after a while but it's a mystery it's a conundrum wrapped up in a mystery it's an in the mystery is wrapped in an enigma tim as they like to say uh i'm going to ask you guys right now on the field at at&t stadium it is after midnight on the east coast nobody you you guys don't know what i'm going to ask you all right what's the first thing on december 29th 
in the wee hours of the morning that this program has to do in this offseason, the very first thing. They got to figure out their coaching staff. They got to evaluate it. I think you need to have changes. We've talked about special teams. Offensively, I think something needs to change. Um, mm -hmm. I think the defense is probably set, at least from my opinion. I think they did everything you kind of asked them to do this year, besides one drive against Michigan, really. Uh, the offense was not an Ohio State offense this year. It's not the standard they strive to be at. And I think when that happens, yes, you can look at the players, but you most importantly have to look at the coaches. And you pointed to it, Tim pointed to it today. I mean, there was not the coaching you would need to set this team up for success offensively. And I think that ultimately goes to, okay, what are we doing with this staff next year? The last two games of this season, the last offensive play of those games for Ohio State, the quarterback got hit and it resulted in a turnover. Enough said. So you think it's the offensive line's got to get restructured? No, I think the offensive line has got to get up to a standard. I mean, against regular teams, they asserted themselves. Against teams that were tough to move occasionally and tough to figure out this year, you saw it. You know, a lot of the blame was put on Kyle McCord. Uh, and some of it was right, some of it was not. But this offensive line should be better across the board than it showed, you know, really definitely against Michigan and uh, Missouri, but even against uh, Notre Dame and Penn State. And I'm talking about it on a consistent, consistent basis. But the fact that your quarterback got hit and had a turnover uh, on the last play of the last two games, which were both stunning losses, says it all. Yeah, I maybe I'll go a mix of both of you guys. I think there's got to be just – wholesale changes in the quarterback room. I, I don't know how you evaluate Devin Brown, but I don't know if you can go into the offseason wondering about Devin Brown if he can be your starter. Next year is way too important for that. And I don't know if you can go into this offseason satisfied with what you saw from the quarterback coaching this year. And that's that's harsh to say, but when Lincoln Keenholz looks as unprepared as he was, and I give a lot of credit to him for even being in there, like Jack Sawyer did. He said he yeah, fought his ass off. What do you mean by up. him being the unprepared? Because I'm, I'm kind of like taking, I'm, I'm not exactly agreeing with what you're saying. You're not going to put a freshman, his first major play going in on the five-yard line, for example. You're not going to just turn it loose. And that him. goes, and that goes. And to I'm, but, but my point is, I thought as the game progressed and he got a little time, he did show some things. Their problem was they couldn't keep Missouri's defensive players off of their quarterback as opposed to the quarterbacks just making huge, ridiculous plays. You know, there was only one turnover, I think, in this game, right? Yeah. Yeah, and it was the last offensive play when he gets hit as he's trying to throw the ball. So, uh, I thought Devin Brown, there was, Devin Brown had no chance tonight. No. I mean. I, I completely agree. So, I don't, I, I think you start in the offensive line room and move on. That's what I think. Something's got to get fixed there. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of things that this program, that, the bottom line, and this is what I wanted to get at before we get out of here, before they turn the lights out on us for a third time, I guess. <laughs> um, they don't know whether to kick us out or let us stay for the Cowboy game tomorrow against yeah. the Lions. I think they're practicing their light show. The bottom line is, Andy, like there's a lot of things from an 11-2 and club that have to change or else they're going to be 11-2 and next year and probably not in the college football playoff. It didn't feel like they've won 11 games tonight. I mean, no. you're staring at that offense and they're not moving the ball at all. And, yes, I think that – we're asking the same question, or at least I am right now. I mean, last year, as the season ended, it was, is Ryan Day going to give up play calling? You know, there was already murmurs that he potentially would. That didn't change. Brian Hartline was promoted to offensive coordinator. Kevin Wilson, after he had left for the job at Tulsa, 
Then, you know, we're talking about who's going to call plays. Ryan Day ultimately calls the plays. I'm at, sitting here asking the same question myself right now. Is, is Ryan Day going to give up play calling? In the press conference, the day before this game, yep. Eli Drinkwitz talks about giving up play calling, and it was a time to stop just talking about it and actually do it. Parking and ego at the door. they're the team that yeah. won this game. Their logo was up on that big Jumbotron for quite a long time. They're wearing all the T-shirts. They're celebrating an 11-win season. It is a springboard for their program. Ohio State's trying to answer questions about where its program's at. And I think at a certain point, that's also part of the offensive staff because there was so much wrong, whether it's special teams management, offense, you know, going haywire. You have to put that on the head coach too. <laughs> You're trying to put this crash together, man. It's, it's, it's hard. There's yeah. pieces everywhere. But there I'm just saying that everywhere. it's the same question we were asking. This time last year, I and just feel it, like it somebody sprayed tear gas into the air here or something. In the yeah, last two minutes. Yeah, it, it's I getting think a little. Trying to run us out of here. It's getting a little funky in here. Uh, it's kind of deja vu all over again, fellas. We're talking about the disappointment while I'm staring into a million-dollar suite that's on the field. Last year it was in Atlanta and everything was red. Now it's in cowboy blue and the goalposts are coming down. Yeah. Uh, we're gonna get out of here. Good venues, you gotta admit. Oh Hosting yeah. Plays in some nice venues. Yeah, they lose in some nice venues too, and we gotta pick up the pieces after the Buckeyes do so. That's what we're going to do at LettermanRoad.com. Come join that, that team. Come get that coverage. $1 for your first month. It's going to be a hell of a month coming up as we ring in the new year. Maybe sing some old link sign as Ohio State tries to figure out what's going to happen with the program moving forward. The 40-year vet Tim May, he's going to be there trying to figure it out. So will Andy Backstrom and myself, Spencer Holbrook. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening to the Rapid Reaction. And thank you from the bottom of our hearts for following along all year long. It's been a hell of a season. We'll be back in 2024 to do it again, but we'll see you guys back in the Woody when they let us in there. We'll see you guys back in the greatest city on earth, Columbus, Ohio, tomorrow.